Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode zero of the Neon Streets podcast. In this episode, we're going to be introducing the characters, the world, and then talking a little bit about cyberpunk as a genre and a little bit about fate as a game system. If you want to skip this episode and go on to episode one, the story is going to make perfect sense. You're not going to miss anything. If you prefer to hear a little bit more about sort of the intricacies of the game, then listen on. And here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Neon Streets podcast. It is a fate actual play cyberpunk podcast set in a dystopian future where corporations oppress the common man and make them buy all sorts of plastic stuff that goes into the ocean yes so i am joined here by my players lisa harko and craig hole and we're gonna get a quick little character introduction lee who are you playing hi i am playing dizzy innis he's a pretty standard cyberpunk guy he's a console cowboy he uh he lives in the underworld and he stays up all night to just hack the mainframe and, you know, acquire the AI chip and that type of shit. Of course. Uh, tell me, uh, what does Dizzy look like? So he's got his uh, cyberpunk Mogoth duster on. He's got a tank top under that. He's got, you know, significant bags under his eyes. He's got probably his 38 caliber loose hanging in his, uh, in his duster pocket. And then he's always got his deck with him, his PCD3, his... Uh, his means of interfacing with the net, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. And Craig, who are you playing? What's up? I'm playing Test Subject 405G. He is a genetic experiment. He's got white hair. He's got some crazy eyes, a blue forked tongue. He wears gray coveralls. He's basically property of uh, one of the corporations and has been tested on his whole life to give him all kinds of reptilian features. Ooh, That's right. They splice woo. him with uh, reptile DNA. So that is some A number of stuff. different reptiles. Not amphibians. No. Not amphibians. How, uh, come on, those crazy eyes. How crazy are we talking? Gold uh, sort of orange irises, like the same way uh, a lizard would, but he doesn't have like the, the little black slit. line slit. It's more of a regular pupil, but with orangey gold irises okay and you will never hear anything else about that for the you rest of the podcast never even know about it in fact <laughs> if i hadn't told you now it'll never come okay, up but so one of you guys isn't a reptile man is you <laughs> test subject closes his eyes yeah, of course okay. not. yeah you just walk around with one of those bird box things on what do you call those a blindfold <laughs> a bird box yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think there was a good name for it before bird box came out <laughs> i think, I think they really established <laughs> that blindfold thing as a yeah. thing it's a whole I, new trope here i've never heard of it okay so i'm gonna give a quick run through about how characters are built in fate and then we're gonna hear a little bit more about dizzy and tess so i want to talk a little bit about how characters are built in fate and they are built around something called aspects aspects are something that says something true about your character and it also can be invoked for a mechanical effect or compelled for another kind of mechanical effect so each character has five aspects they have a high concept which is a kind of overarching character trope they have a trouble which is a complicating factor and then they have three other aspects about them they can be personality traits they can be significant relationships they can be connections to organizations or they could be did i say possessions because they can be possessions you did so, now I did now. So there's aspects. There are skills, which are just like any RPG you've ever played where you add the skill modifier to your role to determine if you succeed in action or not. You also have stunts, which are like your character's special abilities. They modify roles in certain ways. They let you use skills in new ways. They do all sorts of cool stuff. They give you unique features that bring your characters to life. So what I want to know is, Lee, 
What are your aspects? Yeah, okay, so Dizzy, his high concept is un, unhinged console cowboy. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think it gives you good mental image of what he's like. His trouble is the corp mycotoxin. So basically, he got captured by a corporation trying to pull a job against them. They injected him with this mycotoxin in exchange for him uh, being allowed to keep his life, but he has to come back to them for the antidote regularly. So they, they basically control his life. Uh, his next aspect is his weakness for the stims. He's a, he's a hacking guy. He stays up all hours of the night, constantly using stims. Uh, his next aspect is a possession. It's his hardcore PCD3, his personal computer. It's how he interfaces with the, the net. It's his deck. He loves it. And then his final aspect is his underworld reputation. He's been a criminal for his whole life, basically, so... That comes up in various ways. Absolutely. I can imagine you have to defend your reputation sometimes. Sometimes you have to. You sometimes have to f- it hurts you. Absolutely. You might have to fix your reputation. People coming after you. Yeah. So that's great. Do you want to quickly run us through your stunts? Yeah, absolutely. His first stunt is called Stim Hack, which is I can succeed at, Dizzy can succeed at any hack, but at the cost of a mo- moderate consequence, which we'll get into more in the mechanics of fate. His next stunt is called just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you, uh, which is a two plus to notice checks to determine if I'm being followed or surveilled. That's like a pretty standard format for a fate stunt. And then the last one is called Leet Speak, which is I can use my decking skill instead of my rapport skill when I'm trying to, uh, you know, persuade and schmooze up to other hacking type people. It's cool because you guys both. Do that cool thing where you put the numbers in. That's sick, man. If you can read this. Wow. I'm out. You're a real nerd. I'm out. I can't do it. Okay. Craig, do you want to run us through the aspects for tests? Absolutely, yeah. So high concept. Once again, pretty straightforward. Gene mod test subject dash reptile DNA, baby. So pretty straightforward. Is it say baby on your sheet? Uh, no, uh, that was a little bit ad libbing that I was doing there. Just oh, that's really good. Flavor. I'm really impressed, man. You've Perfect. come a long way. Yeah. Improv, uh, my specialty. So anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baby Craig, Craig is actually one of Edmonton's premier intro- improvisers. Okay, well that's not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reptile DNA though, just it just means basically he's got a number of uh, uh, attributes to him that are tied to a number of different reptiles, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, his trouble. Social outcast, man. Life is solitude. He does not know how to interact appropriately with people. Maybe yeah, not appropriately, not unlike, but just not normally. Not like yourself. Yeah, like just yeah. yelling in the mic there, eh? It's a lot of just not picking up on what people are putting down uh, in a very normal, like when normal people are talking. So uh, my next aspect is love my lizard. Basically, he has a chameleon companion that he takes with him everywhere. It's unbreakable bond. Best friends. His name is Leon. Oh! I thought it might be Cam, but you went with Leon. It's only two good uh, options. Only yeah. me, yeah. There's two Eli? Amy, maybe? Eli? If it's a female Cam, Elion? Elion? Elion actually was what I really wanted to do, but Eon? Like too good. Ian with like an Eon. E? Yeah, Eon. Yeah, that's a name. There's actually a lot of names yeah. that make up the word chameleon. Either way, Ham. I, I chose for... <laughs> Isn't that a biblical name? <laughs> ham? I think the Book of Ham or something. I don't believe I am, it is. I'm not a very good... I don't good, believe it is. not well, a very good religious regardless, person. Regardless, I chose to go with Leon because it's my character. <laughs> well, that's great. Let's go to the next one. Uh, yeah, I only have uh, four aspects, and the final one is property of Genetic Corp, which, as it implies, I'm still a 
test subject for Genetcorp and they kind of own me. They're done with the test, but I'm still their property. So mm-hmm. that could imply a number of different mm-hmm. things. Uh, you know what? On that note, I just want to mention to the listeners no. that both of our characters have ties to uh, Genetacorp because we are starting the campaign where they are going to be essentially slaves to the corporation. Dizzy's being coerced with his mycotoxins and... Test has been effectively brainwashed as a test subject. So they're both being controlled, and that's going to be where we start our campaign now. Let's hear about test stunts, please. You bet. Uh, first stunt is chameleon DNA. He's got a number of different uh, reptiles infused into his body and intertwined with his DNA, so he gets a number of different features that sort of represent those reptiles. So the first one is chameleon DNA. He can vanish at the cost of a fate point in front of everyone using his camouflage. Holy mm. shit, that's yeah, cool. That that's is right. how DNA works, yeah. He's got... <laughs> <laughs> We're all scientists here. Yeah, I did a lot of research for we this, We fact-checked everything. I found out that none of my character could ever work, but that's fine. Wow. <laughs> now you know. Boa Constrictor DNA. Uh, it's a plus two to create advantage on grapple. So anytime I'm like getting down and wrestling with a guy, dude, I can create a sick advantage because my Boa Constrictor muscles. Is that something you're going to be doing a lot? Of course. <laughs> I guess you guys done for it. Okay. Uh, I got blue tongue skink DNA, baby. That's where the blue fork tongue comes into play. Mm. It's a plus two to notice slash investigate involving sense and taste. Ooh. Yeah. I got gecko DNA. I got sticky fingers. So I can Ooh. climb up walls and I can, uh, I guess how we wanted to do like create an advantage for it or just a better at climbing. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I would say, uh, Roll athletics for climbing. I, we're going to talk, like we're going to talk in just a second about the four actions of fate. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it could be a versatile. We can figure it out as we go. Basically, I'm going to be skittering around on walls Ooh. at all times. Yeah. Uh, the final one is ambush predator. If I uh, go into hiding and I wait it out and I wait for some uh, prey to come near me, I get a little bit of an advantage when I go into fight. Oh, a little like sneak attack. A little sneak attack. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so there we have Dizzy Innis, the Decker, Test, the Test Subject. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. easy to remember. Uh, so what we're going to talk about now is just a little bit about the uh, the mechanics of fate. So people who have never played it, never heard of it, know a little bit about what it is. So we've talked about aspects. Aspects are at the core of fate. Characters have aspects. Scenarios have aspects. Locations have aspects. Objects have aspects. I have aspects. You have aspects. There's aspects everywhere. All aspects are are short little descriptors that are always true in the game and that can also be used for mechanical purposes. So aspects can be invoked or compelled using fate points. So what that is, is that you get a certain pool of fate points at the beginning of every session that can be spent to get bonuses to your rolls by invoking an aspect, or you can get more fate points by taking a compel on an aspect. So when something bad happens to you because of your aspect, you get a fate point back. So let's take a quick example. Craig, why don't you hit me with one of your aspects and we'll just... We'll make an uh, example. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess probably the easiest one to do is just do the gene mod test subject, man. Show some reptile DNA. Okay. So that's a great example of anytime you are doing something that could conceivably be related to your reptile DNA. Let's say you attack somebody and you've got reptile claws. You can invoke that to say, I swipe at him with my reptile claws to get a plus two to fight. Spend a fate point. That's yeah. it. So it's always at the cost of a fate point unless... When you're invoking aspects, Yes. There is one exception, and I wish you hadn't brought that up. I'm sorry. We'll come <laughs> back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also take a compel. So if you're talking about the gene mod test subject aspect, 
I think appell could be something like, oh, you walk into a store and your the Ostracized. store owner sees your little tongue come out and he's kind of creeped out and he doesn't want to serve suspicious. you anymore. You get a fate point in that situation yep. because that yep. has complicated your life in a way and it made the the adventure harder yeah. for you in some way. But it also, of course, makes it interesting. If you're sitting at home like, well, I don't like the sound of that. I just wanted to have a smooth ride. Which is exactly what <laughs> that you is sound exactly like. what you sound yeah. like at home. Yeah, too. that's what I sound like. That's my home voice. I'm at Craig's house right now. This is my Craig's house voice. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're thinking that, well, then you don't understand how stories work because stories have problems and problems are tied to characters, and that's what fate is all about. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so we've got. Fate points. We've got aspects. We've got stunts, which I've talked about, and I don't think that we need to say anything more about stunts. It's just a way to augment your abilities, basically, and do something a little about, different, man. I think we even well, talked about skills. The one thing yeah. I say about stunts, too, is we how you're saying, like, oh, is that going to come up that much? Stunts are, like, very, like, narrow, or they come at a cost that, like, it really, like, carves out what your character is like, yeah. you know? I would say, furthermore, that you should always play towards your stunts, you know? Yeah. Like, your stunts should be defining how your character operates. If the stunts aren't being used regularly... Change the stunt up. Do something else. Mm-hmm. That's totally allowed. I will talk now about skills. Skills are very simple in this game. You've got a number of skills. They just augment your roles. So you have some plus four skills, plus three skills, plus two skills, plus one skill, and they can grow as the game goes on. You just add that modifier to your role, whatever you're rolling, and that's the outcome. Uh, there's also, for instead of hit points, we have a bit of a complicated system, but it's actually pretty cool. So we've got two different kinds of health essentially we've got stress and we've got consequences stress represents very temporary damage to your character or, or can even represent something kind of a little bit more ooh uh what's i'm doing this a thing with my hands where i'm like doing like a ooh a little more abstract yeah there you go for, sure maybe. yeah abstract yeah. so it could be something like luck uh and it just represents how your character can avoid significant damage maybe the blow glanced off their chin without really connecting maybe they were able to just dodge the bullet in the nick of time so that's stress you can knock off one stress box every time you get hit and then you have to take a consequence if you're taking a big hit you're going to be taking lots of consequences that's the way it is consequences are more permanent damage what they are are aspects that are very very negative so you have a mild consequence a moderate consequence and a severe consequence They can soak up those extra shifts of damage, those extra hits of damage, but you have a really negative consequence as a result, and it comes with a free invoke. You don't have to spend a fate point to invoke it the first time. So So that means against you. It's bad, and you're going to be taking more damage because of it. That's stress and consequences. I want to talk now about the four actions of fate. We have overcome, we have create an advantage, we have attack, and we have defend. Overcome is sort of the catch-all thing you're going to use. Anytime you're not doing damage or you're not trying to help yourself out exactly, you're just trying to get past an obstacle, you're going to use the overcome action. It'll come up quite a bit. Anytime, let's say, picking a lock, breaking into a security system, that's overcome. Next, we have create advantage, which is sort of the signature kind of role for fate. So create an advantage is what you use to create new aspects in the game or to add free invokes to aspects that are already on the table. So I could create an aspect using my shoot skill, for example, something like lining up the shot, and that's going to give me a free invoke the next time I roll, where I can invoke that for a plus two to my roll and get a big old bullet heading right for your brain. Boom. Get them. <laughs> I could also create aspects on... <laughs> I can create now that's a severe consequence. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you can also create free invokes on aspects that already exist. So if there's an aspect on the table that says big table in the middle of the room, I, I don't know how I come up with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You could create a free invoke on that saying like, I... I'm lifting up the table. So when the guy walks by, I'm going to flip it over on his head. Okay. So then the next turn, you would use your physique roll to, to attack the guy or whatever, and you'd flip the table up and try to get him. You get a plus two to your roll. Cool. That's a terrible, terrible example. Then we have attack and defend, which are pretty straightforward. Certain skills can be used to attack, and certain skills can be used to defend. In this game, shoot and fight are used generally to deal physical damage, with some exceptions. And athletics is going to be used to defend. When we're talking about mental attacks, we can use provoke, will, provoke to attack, and will to defend. Sweet. I'm really happy that you know Sorry. that after playing months and months of this game. That's really impressive. That's the amazing. other thing, too, is if we're going to bring in decking stunts and deck defense stunts, those will probably be oh, attacking and defending, I would think, as that's, well. That's a great point. So in this game, there will be some things done in cyberspace by Dizzy in particular. He's a, he's a decker. So the way we're going to work in this game is that there's a skill called decking and there's another skill called net D for net defense. And these are going to be the two skills that you use to deal damage in the net and to defend against damage in the net. As well, the way the, it's going to work inside the net in this game is going to be that you can use all your skills in the net. However, they're capped by your decking skills so if you don't have appropriate decking then you can't use stealth very well you can't use physique you can't i don't know why you use physique but you know what i'm trying to say yeah. rapport investigate so if you had a two for decking and a three to rapport then your rapport online is going to be a two because your decking is not that high yeah. so test i think has some pretty shitty decking i don't have any because it wouldn't really make sense for me to well, have any access to it there you so. go you're not going to be spending a lot of time <laughs> yeah, in the net. Net. yeah well that's the thing it's like in the physical world i think Test is going to have a big, big advantage. And then in the net world, that's where Dizzy has a big advantage. We're oh, the perfect yeah. team for that reason alone. I think it's actually oh, yeah, great. I actually buddy. really like that little yeah. uh, that little dynamic you guys have. I think yeah. it's perfect. We're going to have some really fun missions, oh, right? Yeah. I think course. in Molly and Case from Neuromancer. That's exactly right? what it's like. Oh, that's super There's cool. definitely the same sexual tension. Yeah, yeah, at the table too. Uh, not, not, yeah. not untrue. Palpable. Absolutely. So uh, I think we have covered everything we want to cover. Do you want to talk about um, cyberpunk like stuff? Cyberpunk world? Yeah. Like what cyberpunk is? So we're, we're going to just talk a little bit about cyberpunk as a genre in case you're not familiar with it. I think maybe the best way to talk about it is just use some examples. So The Matrix is probably the most well-known example of a cyberpunk story. It has all the tropes that are classic in cyberpunk where you have uh, a, you know, a matrix. You have a cyberspace world. You have uh, extremely powerful entity in this case you know it's the 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 computer itself in our game it's going to be the corporations and then you have sort of a force that's fighting against that power that's the punk part of cyberpunk you're trying to stick it to the man other excellent examples would be things like neuromancer uh the 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 the, the, the show side no. altered carbon altered carbon which is a great book too actually um what else? There's plenty. The, even the game Netrunner. Netrunner is like a perfect example. If also, the Net game Runner. Cyberpunk 2077 probably falls under that genre. <laughs> it does. It does. So so those are some very good examples of Cyberpunk. Kind of gives you an idea of what you're looking at. Other examples, aesthetically, would be like Blade Runner. You have that rainy neon thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's definitely going to be part of it. Oh, yeah. Rainy I, and the, neon. Essentially, if I don't say it's raining in the podcast, it's a drizzling. <laughs> The main tropes of cyberpunk are the fight against oppression, 
It's a fight against monolithic power that holds you down. That's the punk part. That's the punk ethos. Yeah, the class. other part is the cyber, cyber. part. Yeah. yeah. So that's about, you know, being on the net, being in the grid, in the cyberspace, in the matrix, doing your thing online, and also having cybernetic modifications. So those come up, you know, eyeballs that are like Terminator, you got like a red light, you know, maybe you got an arm that's that's made out of metal. Maybe you got ears that have little satellite dishes poking out of them that swivel around. Maybe you've got cyber hair because you're like me and your hairline's receding and you're a little bit oh, self-conscious. No. One yeah. other thing too about like cyberpunk, I think, is that uh, it's like the 80s version of the future rather mm. than the actual future. So I'm going to be talking a lot about like hacking the mainframe where mm. green text is showing up on the screen because I don't know a lot about computers, but that's true to cyberpunk. I that think, is very true. It's, like, it's, it's paying lip service to actual science, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, it's the idea that like, yeah, yeah, computers exist, but uh, we don't care about what they actually do because this is what they do in our game. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not... Uh, a non-fiction it's not true to life by any means no it's, it's not uh, the future of tech no the only thing that's true about this story is that craig is actually very socially awkward just like his trouble aspect implies. and yeah. all the aspects it's very true actually it's good to get that out early so that when it does happen people don't have to just shut off the podcast and be confused yeah no they'll, they'll expect it the, uh, yeah i was gonna say come to appreciate over time but you don't no no, no. It usually it, makes everything worse you come yeah. to tolerate it over time yeah I mean, I've come to tolerate. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast. We are so happy that you listened. If you enjoyed it, please go on to episodes one, two, and three, which should already be uploaded. If you enjoy those, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Please, please, please. Also, you can find us on Twitter at the Neon Streets. Give us a little shout. Say, "What up, Ben? What up, Craig? What up, Lee?" I didn't forget about Lee. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show.